Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. Well, I'm so uh, glad we get to be together this morning, and I want you to tune into this. If you don't hear anything else, uh, we're wrapping up this series, Tune In, and uh, recognizing that there's a lot of voices, there's a lot of messages to which you and I might be attuned. But if you don't hear anything else this morning, I want you to hear this. You are empowered. And I don't know about you, but that's the last thing I feel. I don't feel empowered. I feel a little bit helpless, and I think it kind of highlights the reality of what we're going through. That um, I don't know about you if this has occurred to you yet, but I've been thinking about this reality. Uh, we haven't been through much. We haven't been through tons of difficult crises at a national level, and, uh, and they, it changes us. And I'm trying to imagine some of the things that have happened even in our recent history, the Great Depression and, and uh, World War I and World War II. And I'm trying to imagine how people got through years of uncertainty uh, where the whole community, everybody in the community was facing uh, literally uh, months, years, unknown amount of time of uncertainty. And, and so these few weeks have begun to really, uh, uh, you know, kind of assess how we think and what's underneath everything. And and I, even though I don't feel empowered, I do believe that the Scripture is speaking about the fact that you and I are empowered. And, and as Colton read this morning from Luke 19, Luke has a unique story about Palm Sunday, about the triumphant entry. And so as Jesus descends the mountain, as He comes down the Mount of Olives... And people begin to praise, and they take off their cloaks, and they begin to wave the palm branches. And, and, and the imagery and the words are a coronation of a king. They're, they're, they're reminiscent of an Old Testament event in which uh, a, a king is being named, and so they are calling Jesus king. They are calling him Messiah. And in the middle of it, the Pharisees say to Jesus, you need to rebuke your disciples and tell them to be quiet. Now, now listen to what he says. If they are quiet the very rocks will cry out. And, and so Jesus in this moment, he understands that there's more going on than meets the eye. He understands that the, that the power of God is woven into creation at such a level that if the disciples don't cry out, if the people don't cry out, if the people don't give praise, then, then the presence of God so woven into the very nature of creation, the rocks are going to cry out. They're going to speak up. I don't know, it's kind of a new thought for me. That's not how I think about the world in which I live. It's not how I think about my life. I don't think about the fact that, that, that God is so interwoven into everything that's going on, into the very fabric of creation, me, my life, my circumstances, my story, my family, everything. But, but not just there, not just at that relational level, our spiritual level. He's woven into the very fabric of creation that, that if I don't praise, if he doesn't get praise out of human beings, the rocks are going to cry out. And I think about what that looks like and what that means. That at this moment, as Jesus is descending, both literally and metaphorically, into all the things that are going to happen in Jerusalem, where, where the potential for loss, for fear, where, where all of the things that are coming together in this moment would create anxiety or helplessness, 
Instead, at this moment, God is reminding, is saying, here on the brink of this Passion Week and, and crucifixion and resurrection and sacrifice, here right now in this moment, I am so woven into the presence of everything that's happening that if people are quiet, the rocks are going to cry out. I don't know about you, but that makes me think about the world in a different way. It makes me think about my week in a different way. It makes me think about where I'm headed out into this next few days and weeks and the uncertainty and all the things that are going on. God is already interwoven into it in such intricate ways. And then in Luke's account, he has Jesus doing this next thing. And this next thing is he stops and he overlooks the city of Jerusalem and he says, Jerusalem Jerusalem, how I long to take you under my wings. And, and then he says these words, if only you had known what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person who, who has the very thing that would bring me a sense of empowerment and peace hidden, hidden from my eyes because I got so preoccupied with something else. I got so distracted by something else that, that it got to be hidden from my eyes and and so I'm thinking together this morning, what would that thing be? What makes you feel powerless? What makes you feel less than? What makes you focus on the wind and the waves instead of on the God who promises to take care of us? What is it that causes us to feel and to lean into the fear? Part of it is what Paul is talking about in Ephesians chapter 6. And honestly, I wanted to be sure we read about, you know, the rocks crying out before we read this, because to me, this is disturbing. So you've heard it before, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms... Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions and in all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Now, I don't know about you. I, I, I don't know what you hear when you hear that. But when I hear it and I, and I hear Paul say, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and, and, and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, that's disturbing to me. I mean, I know that in some sense, practically speaking, most of us feel like our battle is against flesh and blood, and it is against circumstances. Uh, when I say it's not against flesh and blood, or we read that passage, we go, well, <laughs> it kind of is, and I can tell you their name. And if you give me a couple minutes, I can tell you the whole story. Uh, or we would say it might not be against flesh and blood, but it's against very real circumstances. And, and these are the things that are disturbing me. These are the things that are troubling me. And they're very vivid and they're very real. And I don't know about you, but I think that what Paul is trying to get us to understand and what he wants us to think about is that people who are imperfect in circumstances that are less than ideal, 
are really not the biggest issue. Now, we're in a really unusual set of circumstances right now. And some of us are, you know, we, we sort of run the gamut. Some of us are over here in denial. Um, we're, just, we're just super optimistic and everything's okay uh, because it's kind of how we're made. And then some of us are way over here and we're under the load and everything's terrifying to us. And so somewhere in that reality is, you know, we're all coping with this, these circumstances in our own way. But whether we're over here in denial and we don't think anything's going to really, you know, a big deal, or we're over here and we're under the weight of it, the truth is, it's not just about the circumstances. There's an oppressive force that goes on. And, and I think in days like this, we find out exactly how vulnerable we are to, to our own emotions and our own thoughts. And the fact is, they seem to run rampant in our brains. They, they have their own will and their own power, and they, they sort of take us over. And we find ourselves having conversations and dialogues internally, and, and one side of our brain is talking to the other side of our brain. And doesn't that weird you out a little bit? And so the, the words begin to resonate this battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against something else. It's not just people. Oh, people will do things that make it, you know, easy to be upset. And circumstances will come that make it easy to feel overwhelmed. But when we feel that sense of oppression, there's more going on. And I know that this passage is to be really encouraging, and we're going to get there. But it's disturbing to me to think that there is this spiritual force that battles against us, that wants us discouraged, that wants us defeated, that's pushing down, that's, that's constantly trying to take the air out of our lungs and the air out of the room and the joy out of life. And something has to change in us. And so on the one hand, we have Jesus descending the hill and he's telling us this one reality. I'm telling you, if you don't praise God, the rocks are going to cry out. So woven into creation, so woven into the fabric of our existence is this presence of God that if you and I fail to acknowledge it, if we fail to move into it, if we fail to look at it, if we become those people who can no longer see what would bring us peace, then, then the rocks are going to cry out. Then the whole fabric of creation is going to celebrate. And so we're invited into this place, into this understanding, into this connection. I, I was at a conference a few weeks ago, and a friend of mine was doing a little segment on, uh, on uh, uh, preaching and teaching what it means to, to be an effective preacher. And he used as an illustration um, the story of David and Goliath, and you probably know that story. And so the setup of the story is basically that David is a young boy. He's too young to be in the army, but his brothers are in the army, so his dad sends him out to take a care package to his brothers, and they go out. And, and when he arrives at the camp uh, in the Valley of Elah, he, he hears uh, this giant Philistine named Goliath, and he's breathing out threats, and he's being insulting to, about God and, and about the kingdom of God and about the power of God. And, and so David here, a young boy, he looks around and he goes, hey, how come nobody's doing anything about this? How come he's allowed to talk like that? And everybody kind of looks and says, uh, he's a giant. <laughs> He's kind of a big guy. And so David says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go fight him. I'll just go fight him. And so we have this account uh, as David goes out and decides to carry the battle. 1 Samuel 17, 47. He says these words to Goliath. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And, and my friend said, hey, here's the truth about life. <laughs> 
The battle is the Lord's, it's not ours. The battle is the Lord's, it's not ours. We are empowered. And, and I want you to, as we think about what this thing all means, and we're going to rush to a conclusion here in a minute, but, but as we think about what it all means, maybe you just take a minute and you post on your page, you post a comment, and you just say, hey, I really believe the battle belongs to the Lord. Here's the thing I'm struggling with, and I believe it belongs to the Lord. You don't have to name it, but it wouldn't do a bit of harm to proclaim the truth of it. This is not my battle. This pandemic is not my battle. This financial situation, this job reversal, this uncertainty, this is not my battle. God is so woven into the nature of creation. He's so interlocking in all of it. If only we had known what would bring us peace. I don't want it hidden from my eyes. The battle belongs to the Lord. I think that that reality is so strong that that the Scripture is constantly inviting those who are weak and those who are weary. I shared with you this passage earlier in the week. Why do you complain, O Jacob? Why do you say, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, will not grow tired or weary? And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar with wings, on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. I think the Bible appeals to people who feel weary and worn down because of this truth. The battle's not ours. It belongs to the Lord. We are empowered in these significant ways. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Paul decides and understands that he has a whole different way of thinking and existing. He talks about it in 2 Corinthians 12. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties because when I am weak, that's when I am strong. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what your week has looked like or the last few weeks. I have some idea because we're all going through it together. But when we're weak... When we finally recognize that the battle belongs to the Lord, it's not up to me. I don't have to have the answers. I don't have to figure it out. And now Paul says, listen, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the whole armor of God. So when the time of testing comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. So let's think about that. I see five things that I think matter a lot in this whole setting. Number one, be strong. Number one, be strong. We are not helpless and we are not alone and we are not self-sufficient and we are not self-reliant. We are only strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. I love what Tyndall's commentary writes about this putting on the armor of God thing. Listen to this. The armor of God is not something the believer puts on so that they may fight on their own. 
The armor is Christ himself. Putting on the armor is the equivalent of putting on Christ. The power of Christ is sufficient to stand against all evil and temptation that a believer will encounter. We're, we're not getting equipped so we can go fight. We are letting go. The battle belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to us. And so we're encouraged to be strong. This battle is not just against flesh and blood. It's not just against circumstances. There's other things going on. There's things going on in our head. There's things going on in our heart. We've got to be strong in the sense of standing up. That leads us to the second point. Be wise. Be wise. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. I don't know about you, but it seems to me that uh, I believe I'm being very wise when I worry. That, that worry has become sort of my way of taking responsibility for everything that needs to happen. So, I, I, you know, that when I'm worrying, I, I don't know, I was taught somehow in the process of living that it was responsible to think about all the stuff you were supposed to be doing and figure out how to do it, which is probably at some level important. But I've taken it to the point, and I see people taking it to the point, where the reality is we're, we don't feel like we're doing our part unless we're worrying. We don't feel like we're doing what we're supposed to do unless we're anxious. We don't feel like we're taking it seriously unless we have some sense of being overwhelmed. And, and Jesus spoke so clearly. He said, listen, do you understand that the foolishness, that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God and the foolishness of God uh, is wisdom? And we're supposed to be wise. We're supposed to put on the whole armor of God so we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. And in that, sometimes we need to speak some wisdom into some things that are happening around us. No, I'm not going to do that. This battle belongs to the Lord. The, the presence of God is woven into the very fabric of creation. I'm surrounded by it right now. And I'm going to look up because if I'm not the one giving praise, if I'm not the one exercising faith, if I'm not the one giving praise and, 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 and celebrating the presence of God in the midst of this circumstance where things ahead are uncertain, where things ahead seem dark, where there's great potential for fear, and yet in the midst of it, God is working His perfect plan of salvation. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Not only do I, am I invited to be strong, but I'm invited to be wise. And then I'm invited to be safe. Therefore, put on the full armor so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to take your stand. And then he gives us this long list of what that looks like. Here's what it means to be safe. Put on the belt of truth. I may need to speak some truth into some issues in my life. I may need to be able to say this is a place where God... It doesn't feel like God's in control any longer. And it doesn't feel like God loves me anymore. And I need to speak truth into that. I, I want you to just take a minute. I want you to feel your feelings and think your thoughts. But are there some places in your life where you need to speak some truth into some lies that are going on in your head? Where there's some darkness or there's some fear or there's some things that are happening in your world and, and, and you've decided God's disconnected somehow, that God doesn't care anymore, that, that it's your job to figure it all out, it's your job to worry about it, that you're not really trying very hard. Listen, here's the truth. God loves you. 
God is in all circumstances working for the good. His very presence is woven into the fabric of your home. It's down inside your couch. It's in your floor. It's in your carpet. It's in the ground underneath the place you live. It's in the hedge outside. It's in the trees. It's in the wind. It's in the rain. It's in all of it. And if you and I don't acknowledge it, the whole creation will cry out underneath us because it's true. And if only you and I had known what would bring us peace. But it's so easy for it to become hidden from our eyes. Some of us need to speak some truth into some circumstances. And we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness. My protection is to think right and do right. It's to put on this righteousness of Christ in which I'm like, I'm not going to think those thoughts. It's so easy for me to, but those are not righteous thoughts. They're not the right ones. They're not the ones God in, has invited, instructed, commanded me to think. And these are the choices that I'm to make. They're not the easiest choices to make, but they're the right ones. And I'm, I'm protected in this breastplate of righteousness. I'm not lost. I'm not helpless. I'm not powerless. I, I know what God wants me to do. I don't know how it's all going to turn out, but I know the next step because he's taught me and he's instructed me and put on the shoes of readiness that come from the gospel of peace. The imagery is, is those Roman soldiers who, who were unique among soldiers in the world at the time because everybody else didn't understand yet how important it was to have your footing. So the Roman soldiers, they put nails in the bottoms of their shoes so that they could stand firm and hold their ground. And some of us need to get our feet down and hold our ground, have our feet shod with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I'm not getting pushed around. I'm not getting knocked over. I'm exercising the strength and, and, and the wisdom to be safe with the truth and the breastplate of righteousness, and my feet are shod with a readiness. I'm planted. I, I'm not getting pushed around by the craziness that's going on. Let me rephrase that. I don't need to get pushed around because I am because I can't always put everything into practice and put up the shield of faith. I, I, I'm invited to believe some things so that I can hold up the shield of faith and be protected from the fiery darts. And uh, the imagery is that Roman shield. It's wooden on the inside. It's leather soaked in water on the outside so that they could uh, be protected from the arrows but also extinguish the flames. Faith. Believing that God is in charge of the battle and that his presence is woven into the very fabric of creation. It's woven all around me. And I get to protect myself from the schemes and the flames. I don't need to be burned again and again and again and again and again and again. Every time the news headline comes, every time the Facebook post heads, I don't need to be punched or poked or prodded again. I can hold up the shield of faith. It may seem like foolishness, but it turns out it's the wisdom of God and the very presence of God. And then I'm going to put on the helmet of salvation. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to wrap my head around the fact that God redeems and forgives and redeems and forgives and redeems and forgives and redeems and forgives. That's where my head's going to be. I don't know how it's going to happen, but he's going to redeem this because he's the God of salvation. And I'm going to put my head in the helmet of salvation. And that's how I'm going to think. But, but what about my job? But God's going to bring good. He promised that in the midst of it, not everything is good, but in the midst of everything, 
He's going to bring good. And I'm going to put my head in that helmet of salvation, that helmet of redemption, that helmet where God is renewing things and having fresh starts and new beginnings. And I'm going to put my head there because that's where it belongs. And then finally he says, we're going to swing the sword of the Spirit. There's, there's a place to be aggressive. There's a place where we can take the fight, where we can go ahead and, and rely on the Word of God, which, by the way, if you're not picking up on it, that we're swinging the sword right now. It's what we're doing. That's what this is. We're opening the Word of God to stand against the oppression where our battle is against way more than just flesh and blood and the circumstances of our lives. Number four, be prayerful. We ought to pray, 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 pray. Paul says pray on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. I don't know what the right prayer is. I don't know what the right way to pray might be. I don't know what your favorite style is. I don't think it matters at all. Here's what does matter. Pray. Pray on all, ki- all occasions with all kinds of prayers and keep on praying. Pray for each other. That's how I want to wrap this service up. I just want to wrap up praying for you, for your home, for your family. I want to remind you next Sunday's Easter Sunday. I want you to prepare some communion elements. I want us to take together uh, the Lord's Supper and celebrate what that means and invite His presence and power into our lives and homes and families. And this is what I want to encourage you with. Listen, God is woven into the very fabric of creation. He's woven into the very fabric of your life, your home, your family. And you and I are invited to give Him praise and to give Him honor. And if we don't do it, the rocks are going to cry out because His presence is so vivid and it's so real. And in the face of uncertainty, the very creation will cry out if you and I fail to stand and see that thing that would bring us peace. You are empowered. God, would you help us? Even as we close and we sing these beautiful, powerful words about who you are and about your name. I'm praying that in these days where things are so very different, that you're weaving together a kind of church family, a kind of body of believers that transcends local congregations, it it transcends places, that we would be people who worship in spirit and in truth, And that you would lead us in powerful ways. And I'm praying for the very real needs that need intervention and need help. There's some healing that needs to take place. There's some financial need that needs to be addressed. There's some job circumstances that are uncertain. God, would you be at work in all of it? We surrender it to you. We're going to remind ourselves this week, the battle is not mine. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we're going to put on the whole armor of God so that When the day of testing comes, we're able to stand our ground. And we're going to give you praise, and we're going to give you honor, and we're going to keep our heads up, and we're going to keep trusting you, and we're going to keep following you, and we're going to keep celebrating you. And as we close this service, we're going to praise you and give you honor, and we're going to celebrate this Palm Sunday, and we give you thanks, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.